All right, if you look at John 14 uh, this morning, and um, we're going to be dealing with the subject today of peace. And it is the words that the Lord Jesus mentions in verse 27 that really just want to spend a few moments um, dealing with. And when we think about peace, of course, we think about the peace that we hear often used in the world. We hear world leaders talk about peace. We hear um, governors and mayors and military and all sorts of individuals use the word peace. But you'll notice that in verse 27, uh, Jesus's words here are very, they're very pointed. They're very, uh, very profound. He says, peace, I leave with you. Now, if we were to stop there and consider that, he could be speaking about a lot of different things. He could be speaking about the peace that we're familiar with. He could be speaking about peace of uh, there not being a conflict or peace between those who have been at odds. But you'll notice he says something even in more clearly. He says, my peace I give unto you. He differentiates between the peace that the world understands with the peace that he gives. And he clarifies that by saying, not as the world giveth. And he clearly says, what I'm talking about today is not the peace that the world gives you. He says, it's as I give unto you. So Jesus very clearly describes a peace that is different. Now, if you and I were to be in that Jewish society, it was a common salutation and even a departing um, a salutation or greeting, if you will, peace be to you. Uh, so it would be very common to us for us that if we were in a Jewish community, when we leave here in a couple of hours as we're walking out the door, it would be common to say peace be to you. And under that type of a phrase, even the Jews understood that what that means is, is it means all manner of good. So if I wish peace be to you, I'm wishing upon you all good things. However, Christ remembers getting ready to leave them. He's getting ready to depart from them. And he doesn't just use the common peace be to you. He says, peace I leave with you. Uh, This peace that Christ leaves, he says, is my peace. And again, I don't know if you mark things in your Bible, if you underline. Of course, everybody has their own view about that. But I have the phrase, my peace. Uh, The Lord here speaking about something that the world can never give. He's speaking about a peace that goes beyond what humans, the human world can comprehend. And it certainly, uh, it it supersedes or it it far surpasses the common salutation, peace be to you. Um, When I say peace be to you, that's just my wish of good upon you. But imagine what Jesus is saying. He's not saying I'm going to wish peace comes to you as if it's some sort of random chance or the lining up of the stars or the lineup of the planets. No, he says, I am actually giving you my peace. Now, brethren, that's, that's the, the beauty of this, is Jesus is actually saying, remember, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. We've been learning about that. But he also says, I am going to leave my peace with you. Now, before he says that, you'll see in verse 25 and 26, he talks about all that he has said to this point. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. So he had said all these things while he's still there, but now he is going away. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So he's, again, talking about the Comforter. 
So the peace that's coming is the result of the presence of the comforter. Uh, This is not just a declaration of what he hopes will be, but he's talking about the very decree of God. Jesus is saying, after my departure, through the Spirit, my peace will be given to you. Now, that really is an amazing thought. Think about between the time that Jesus spoke these words and by the time the Holy Spirit of God came upon them, the events of the book of Acts we've talked about, think of all the things that happened up to that point. Scriptures being fulfilled, promises of Christ being fulfilled, the crucifixion, the torn veil, the resurrection, his appearances, the ascension. From the time Jesus says, I'm going away, to the time the Holy Spirit comes, so much Bible prophecy is fulfilled. And yet here, he's told that the Comforter will not only give peace, but the Comforter will teach the believer all things. This peace that Jesus speaks about in the, in the verse 27, this peace of the world is temporary. Uh, even if we were to have awakened this morning and across the news, when across our phones, there was a news alert and somebody, some world leader declares Perfect world peace has been achieved. It would not be lasting. If we heard a news report of two countries have come to a peaceful settlement, Russia and Ukraine have come to peace, it would only be temporary. The peace that Christ is talking about is based upon his eternal being. It's based upon the sure promises of his word. It's based upon the merits of his blood. This peace not only strengthens, but this peace sustains us. So to have his peace is not just to be strengthened, but it's to be sustained, right? For peace to be sustained, it needs a promise. It needs something behind it. He tells them, again, we saw this a number of weeks ago when we started this series. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Those were the very first words when we started studying John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God believe also in me. Jesus now repeats that, that admonition. Do not be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Why? Because I'm going to give you this lasting peace that will strengthen you and will sustain you. He tells them, don't be troubled when I depart from you. Don't be troubled in the dangers you're going to face. Don't be troubled in the midst because you will have my presence and you will have my peace. I came across this quote from Spurgeon early this morning, and I, I just saw it and sat back and said, what a great reminder. It said, Christ's eyes never slumber, his hands never rest, his shoulders are never weary of carrying his people's burdens. That's peace, to have the sustaining grace of God <coughs> carrying us. Now, verse 28 and 29, he goes on and he says, You've heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Jesus repeatedly told them over and over again that this is what was going to happen. He must suffer these things. He must die. And that all of this was written and necessary for not only the disciples' salvation, but for ours. He is going to depart. This isn't a matter of, is it going to happen? It's a matter of when it happens, my peace, I leave with you. Now, if the disciples 
had loved him as they should, and had they believed him as they should, there would not have been so much trouble in their heart. And brethren, that's true for us today. If we truly believed the words of God and loved him as we should, we wouldn't be as troubled as we are. Everybody under the sound of my voice is troubled. People who listen later are troubled. People who come to the, come to the church services today and on Wednesday, they're going to be troubled. But should we as believers be troubled in the way that we are? Now, he didn't say you're not going to have troubling times, but he said, I don't want you to be troubled because my peace is with you. My presence is with you through the Spirit. Now, again, sometimes during our times of trouble, much like the disciples, our thoughts are often too much on ourselves and not on the glory of God. You see, we think often about ourselves. Nobody had to remind you, nobody had to remind me today to think about myself. It comes natural. It's the first thing we think about. We think about ourselves. We think about our needs. We think about what we want. And again, the disciples were human just like we are, and they had those issues. Verse 30, he says, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. He just meant there's not going to be many more of these conversations These are some of the last words that Jesus is going to speak to them. And he said, I'm not going to speak to you very much more. But he says, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Of course, he's referring to the prince of this world who is Satan himself. And that's the world system. That's the world's, uh, that's, that is what the world is operating under. This, this prince of the power of the air. But then he says this. Wonderful truth, he says, but that the world may know that I love the Father. Not only that I love the Father as the Father hath gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let us go hence. Now, those are all glorious truths, but notice back in verse 20, 28, he said, my Father is greater than I. Now, this shouldn't be misunderstood that Christ is somehow saying the Father is greater in essence in him. But what Jesus is saying is that Christ is serving as that mediator, that mediator between God and men. Brethren, it is that mediator in which we just offered up prayer to God through the mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray, we can pray with peace in our hearts. We can pray because we do have a mediator. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus told them all these things before it happened? That's amazing to me. He told them what was coming. He told them what would happen. Don't be overwhelmed with sorrow, but rather believe. Hour after hour, day after day, month after month, he had been talking with them. And yet here he tells them that he is going to go away, but that the world may know these things. Christ here offers no resistance to what the mission and what the God the Father had given him to do. He was in complete submission to the will of God. It reminds us of Isaiah 53, where that prophecy, of course, is about Christ, and it speaks of him offering no resistance. Uh, He goes to the lamb as a slaughter. He goes to be slaughtered. He does not show resistance. He does not show guile. But it shows that Christ perfectly loved the Father, and by his love of the Father, he came not only to do the will of the Father, Uh, but he did it obediently. 
Jesus, of course, beautifully spoke it in John 10, 18, when he said, no man takes my life from me, I lay it down. No one's taken his life. This peace he speaks about is not because he is being, uh, he's being conquered. He's doing it because he is being fully submissive to the will of the Father. As we close this thought this morning, I want to share a, a quote from Gill on this passage. And he speaks about the peace that Christ is giving here. He says, the peace Christ gives is true, solid, and substantial. The peace the world, the men, and things of it give is a false one. And while they cry, peace, peace, sudden destruction is at hand. The peace of the world is at best but an external one, but the peace Christ is the giver of is eternal. The peace the world affords is a very transient, unstable, and short-lived one, but the peace of Christ is lasting and durable. The peace of the world will not support under the troubles of it, but the peace which Christ gives cheerfully carries his people through all the difficulties and exercises of this life. The world gives peace in words only, Christ indeed. The world gives feigned, or gives feignedly, Christ heartedly. The world gives it for its own advantage. Christ gives peace for his people's sake. The world gives its peace to the men of it, to the ungodly, none to the godly whom it hates. Christ gives his peace, not to the wicked, for there is no peace to them, but to the saints, the excellent in the truth, or in the earth, rather. Wherefore, says Christ, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled at my departure from you, since I leave you, I leave such a peace with you. Neither let it be afraid at the dangers you may be exposed to, the trouble you may be exercised with, for in the midst of them all, in me, ye shall have peace." Questions for us this morning are just simply, are we at peace at this very moment? For in Christ, we should be at peace. If we're in Christ, yes, there are troubling things. We are troubled on every side, much like Paul said, but we're not crushed. We're not brought down. We do have trouble on this side and trouble on this side and trouble on that side, but we're to have peace. Not the, the peace that the world gives, but the peace that Christ promised his disciples and the same promises to us today. The Bible tells us in the world, you will have tribulation. I would love to stand here today. Maybe, well, maybe I should rephrase that. I tell us the truth, what the word says. The word says we will have tribulation. That means it's ordained by God that there will be trouble. There will be tribulation. But he says, in Christ, you will have peace. When we pray, brethren, when we pray, we are telling our troubles to the Lord. When we rise from a prayer meeting, when we leave this prayer meeting, we should leave with a reminder of the peace of Christ in our heart. In other words, we should not be worked up and we shouldn't be disturbed. We shouldn't be feeling this pressure and anxiety of all these things. It's not because they're not there but it's because we have the peace that Christ has left with us. Again, where does that peace come from? Does it come because we've 
had no troubles or no trials? No, it comes because the Holy Spirit of God is carrying out his office of comforter. I can be comforted today because I have the peace of God within me. If you're not at peace today, if you do not have this peace that passes all understanding, we are to call upon the Comforter. We are to call upon the Holy Spirit of God through the merits of Jesus Christ to give us comfort. And what a reminder it is that when Jesus began, and we began this section a number of weeks ago, he said, let not your heart be troubled. And I hope this morning that we can say that our heart is not troubled because our heart and our life has the peace of Christ upon it. Amen.